Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we're talking about the number one most important piece of money advice ever. So you're going to want to make sure that you stay tuned and check out this awesome interview that I have with my good friend, Chris Costello, who is CEO and co-founder of Bloom. You guys remember Bloom? They're there. They help you fix your 401k. And today we're talking about that most important piece of financial money advice that you're ever going to need to know. Chris has got some cool other money tips to help you save a ton of money. And then we're going to talk about the question that keeps coming up. You know, what do you do? Do you pay off your student loan debt first Or do you start saving? Do you put money in a 401k? Do you put money in an IRA? What in the world should you do first? And Chris has got some awesome advice for that. So stay tuned, check out the interview, and I hope you guys get a lot of great information from this one. 
because it's a good one. Chris, I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You bet. I really enjoy being a part of this with you. Fantastic. Well, I know the last time we talked, there was kind of an overwhelming uh, response to our conversation. So I thought, you know, it'd be awesome to just follow it up. And I'm getting just a ton of questions, you know, from millennials about in- investing. And there's so many different things, I think, that, you know, being in your, your 20s or early 30s that, you know, they're trying to figure out this whole, you know, debt debacle versus investing and saving money. And it's just almost, I think, like, so overwhelming for millennials right now, um, that they don't know which direction to to go into. I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit, I know you just recently wrote an article about, you know, should you be focused on paying off student loans? Or should you be focused on saving? Like, where, how do you fall into that? What do you kind of advise people? Yeah, and and it's. Uh, I'm glad you're you're that we get a chance to talk about this. That you're asking me about this because this is clearly a, a a major issue. It's a major problem for our country right now, in in a variety of different different avenues. I've spoke publicly about this before. That some of the ancillary um, um, unintended consequences, if you will, of these basically record levels of student loan debt. Um, are, are, are affecting areas that maybe you wouldn't at first glance um, uh, think about, and that is the number of um, you know students coming out of college and starting businesses is declining, um, and it's for obvious reasons. If you're saddled with debt, it makes it very hard for you to bootstrap your own entrepreneurial venture. Um, secondly, you see professions like teachers and social workers and maybe nurses or firefighters, some of the really, you know, uh, some of the professions that we absolutely need people to go into um, are, we're seeing those numbers decline too, because again, if you're, if you're saddled with a lot of student loan debt and you're looking at a job that's going to pay you 30 grand or a job that's going to pay you 50, you might be more inclined to take that higher paying job, even though your heart's really set on being a teacher or being a social worker. And so it's unfortunate, you know, some of those things that are happening right now. Um, and it, it's, def- it's definitely affecting the millennial generation more so in the past, largely, no big surprise, because of the cost of college. Um, it's it, 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 There used to be a time when you could work a summer job, maybe work a part-time job during the school year, and you could graduate in four years with no debt. Well, that, that's almost impossible today with where tuition room board are. So, so to get to, to, the, to the crux of your question, which is a question we get a ton at Bloom, uh, obviously because we're dealing on a daily basis with thousands and thousands of, of, of our clients' 401k accounts, is we get the question from a, a young person and they'll say, I've got student loan debt, but I have access to a 401k. Should I be contributing to the 401k? And, and the advice here uh, is, is really pretty simple. If you are still paying on student loan debt, or heck, for that matter, if you've got other what I call bad debt, which would, could be credit card debt, it could be maybe you know, money that you're paying, you bought a car and you're trying to pay that off. So, so let's call it a car, credit cards, or student loans. If you have any of that debt, you should only be contributing enough into your 401k that you get the maximum match from your employer. So oftentimes, an employer will match 50 cents on the dollar 
for the first 6% that you put into your 401k, which means if you put 6% of your salary into your 401k, you're going to get 3% free given to you by your employer. Now, not all employers match, and sometimes those percentages look a little bit different. So find out if your employer will make a match and find out what you need to contribute to get the most match from your employer. But do not put a penny more into your 401k on top of that because all of those extra dollars, everything that you can stomach, everything that you can endure um, should be going towards paying off your student loans, your credit cards, or your car loans as fast as humanly possible. The goal is to get rid of this stupid debt once and for all. Um, And uh, the sad thing is we see people carrying I mean, I've met people that are in their 50s that are still paying on student loan debt. And if you think about it, they probably had a lot less debt than a lot of the folks today coming out of college have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm hearing, you know, crazy numbers of student loan debt that um, even from schools where you wouldn't think it would be that high. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think there's there's so much information flying at millennials. You know, now there's, you know, do you consolidate your student loan? Do you, you know, use this other loan to pay off your student loan? Do you, you know, there's there's all of this kind of confusion out there. And I think that when you throw on top of that, you know, uh, investing, which is another, you know, can be confusing topic for millennials. It's almost just, you know, information overload. Yeah, and, I, and I, you know, you you mentioned this. You brought this up, so I want to make a comment about this. You talk about the confusion, you know, with with do I consolidate my loans and things of that nature. You know, there's there's a number of companies that have popped up recently that can help folks consolidate the loans. And I'm not saying those aren't good services. Sometimes they can lower your interest rate, but at the end of the day, that is not going to make a difference whether or not you get out of your debt, if your student loans are consolidated or not. The the the, the name of the game here is to go into this with such a hell-bent attitude that you stand the thought of owing money on student loans and you are going to do everything in your power to pay those things off as fast as humanly possible. Consolidating is just kind of delaying the inevitable. It's kind of just playing around at the margin. You know, maybe you're improving your interest rate. Maybe you're making it simpler because instead of having to pay on four different loans, you're only paying on one. But at the end of the day, what will really change someone's life is if they make the decision that I hate this debt and I am going to put as much of my disposable income towards paying these off as, as, as I possibly can. If that means that I'm not, I'm going to keep renting an apartment for a while, if that means I'm going to keep driving this old car with 100,000 miles on it, if it means that I'm not going to buy the latest and greatest iPhone every six months that it comes out, because what, what, I, what I try and uh, talk to people about is is do these things now, live like this now. You know, sacrifice and scrimp a little bit now, so that in 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 ten years down the road, maybe, which is a short time period in the grand scheme of life, you can have that totally behind you, and then you can start to enjoy, you know, that the the cars and and some of the new material things that I think some of us think we need to have. <laughs> right, exactly. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, 
and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Um, yeah, that's so awesome. And, you know, that sort of rolls into another, another question. You, uh, wrote an article about what you call the single most important piece of financial advice. And I think it was something interesting in there. You said that, um, you did a Google search for financial advice articles and there was something like Uh 65 million, um, different things that came up. So, I mean, obviously this is a huge topic, you know, that people are are kind of uh, inquiring about. And yet there is so much information out there. But, you know, what you say is the single most uh, important piece of financial advice. And what I say are the exact same things. And I think this really speaks to your point about, you know, delaying some of those, you know, those toys, those luxuries, those things that we feel Mm -hmm. like we have to have right now, you know, for the future. And, And that is really just so very simply to spend less than you earn, which, you know, for you and I who are certified financial planners, that's, you know, we, we, we say that probably on a daily basis to people, but I think millennials, especially with social media and like everything is just in their face. It's almost, you know, so difficult for them to, to do that. And I was wondering if you just could, you know, offer any tips that maybe you shared in your article and and talk about, you know, why that's so important. Well, yeah. So, so there's, there's two, there's two reasons why I feel like I, um, can, can, can speak confidently about, about that type of advice. Number one, I, and I, and I don't hesitate to share this. Like I, I lived this myself. I was the person making some of these 
poor financial decisions early in my life. I'll, I'll tell you that when I walked down the hill at my college graduation, I was carrying about $30,000 of student loan and credit card debt. Um, when I got married uh, a couple years later, my wife had about $10,000 of student loan debt. So very early on, we were you know $40,000 in debt. And I made some of those just absolutely stupid decisions right out of school. The only time in my life I've had a brand new car was when I graduated from college. Now, how much <laughs> sense, how much sense does that make? You know, I mean, obviously I make, you know, a lot more income now uh, than I did when I graduated from college, but yet I had a brand new car back then. So I, I only share that because I want to, you know, I want your listeners to know that I, that I, I've actually experienced what a lot of them are experiencing. And, and, and I, if, if somebody can learn and benefit from some of the poor decisions that I've made in the past that that would make me I may never know it but it'd make me very happy um, but more to your question so before you know bloom we spend our time at bloom now obviously helping people fix their 401k accounts and we we chose that because there's 90 million people today that have a 401k uh, I think if we could somehow instantaneously do a, a sample poll of all 90 million people I think we'd probably find that something over somewhere over 80 million of those people would say I don't know what I'm doing with my 401k but but before Bloom, before my time at Bloom, I spent about 18 years working with high net worth individuals. So these were people, uh, you know, before Bloom that 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 I was helping as a certified financial planner. Most of which were making the transition from work life into retirement. And you know, we retired folks, you know, from 50 all the way into their mid 60s. And the absolute common thread that was woven through almost every single one of these wealthy clients was that they made they they spent less than they made and one of the things i can i can promise you is that the type of client we worked with uh was not a high income earner 90 plus percent of them never made a ton of money okay uh they did not inherit it and they were not whiz bangs of the stock market. It's not like they were making right. millions of dollars by trading. These were everyday middle-class people that weren't necessarily high-income earners that just figured out whatever they were going to make, they were going to spend less than that. And as, as, as it turns out, they got to retirement and they had amassed generally more than a million dollars um, that they could then use that to live off of for the rest of their life. And you know, one of the things that we're trying to do at Bloom is kind of change the conversation a little bit. I think sometimes when you say the word retirement to people that are, you know, in their 20s and even 30s, it's it seems like it's such a far off kind of intangible abstract concept and we 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 tend to talk more about so so forget retirement in the, in the traditional sense. I think everybody wants to be in a position at some point in their life where they can wake up in the morning and decide what they're going to do that day, that they get to choose that. 
If they want to go volunteer their time, if they want to start their own business, if they want to travel, if they want to go see friends and family, if they want to climb a mountain, whatever they, whatever they, whatever those goals might be, uh, is is I think that speaks to more people than if you say just purely retirement. Because sometimes when you say retirement, you still tend to think about, well, I'm not going to ever just retire to the front porch on a rocking chair, you know? Right. Or that's uh, what my parents. That's what my that's, parents do. That's not yeah. Yes, that's exactly. for old people. Yeah. That's not me exactly. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that is you. You can mess up a lot of things in your life as far as you know picking the best investments, which is which is obviously impossible to do anyway. But 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 just by living below your means can can make up for so many um, bad you know things elsewhere. And it is a very easy thing to say but hard concept to follow. And part of it is because, my gosh, these companies these days are so good at advertising. They're so good at convincing us that we need the latest and greatest iPhone. We need a new car. We need that $6,000 vacation. All these things that we are, that these advertisers are so good at making right. us believe that we need, you know, is what's standing in the way. Do they think most people, when you ask them, you know, does it make sense to live below your means? I think everybody knows that intuitively. It's just really, really hard to do. Yeah, and I spend a lot of time, you know, teaching and preaching about what I call know your numbers, um, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, I mean, I've obviously seen people, you know, way farther along in life who are, you know, making millions of dollars and they're still living paycheck to paycheck. But I think, yeah. you know, for millennials, for young people, you know, if you're in your 20s or your early 30s, you know, really having a grasp on the amount of money you actually need each month to just live, to just, you know, pay for the things that are the bare necessities in mm-hmm. life. You know, what is that kind of bottom number, you mm-hmm. know, and then once you know that, then you, you have a really good grasp of what's happening in your finances. But I think, you know, most people, it's just money in, money out, money in, money out. And there's not even a conscious awareness of like, oh, wow, I actually could save an extra 200 or 300 or $100 a month, you know, just by knowing what's going on. And then I can take that money and put, put it into my 401k or put it into my paying off my debt. Mm-hmm. And even just a small chunk every month can make a dramatic difference, you know, 10, 20 years down the line. Well, it, it definitely can. And I'll give you another, I'll give you another suggestion or piece of advice that, that I think can be very powerful um, if people will follow this too. So um, at some point, likely um, most or if not all of your listeners will likely want to buy a house at some point um, when the time is right. Um, if... If people will pick a 15-year mortgage over a 30-year mortgage, that one single decision can have massive positive repercussions over one's lifetime. And I'll explain what I mean. So, so you know, when you go to buy a house, you can choose to either finance that or stretch those payments over 30 years, which means your payments are going to be smaller, but paid over a longer period of time. Or you can condense those payments over 15 years. Now, as you and I both know, a 15-year mortgage is, is, is going to have a much better interest rate, mm-hmm. um, you know, cost of borrowing than, than a 30-year rate is. Now, so in order to afford, let's say let's say you wanted to buy a, a $300,000 house, okay? If you finance it over 30 years, your payment's going to be, you know, something less than if you finance that over 15 years. But if you can somehow talk yourself into getting a 15-year mortgage, even if it means buying a smaller house. So maybe you don't buy a $300,000 house, 
you buy a $250,000 house, but then you're able to afford that payment and put that into a 15-year mortgage. If you, can, if you can have a house that is paid for by the time you are 50, you are absolutely in the very, very minority of this entire country. I don't know the stats, but I would guess that it's we're talking about less than 1% of all Americans have their house paid for by the age of 50. That one single decision, again, I say this, you can screw up a lot of other things, but if you've got a house that's paid for by the time you are 50, talk about being in control of your destiny. Talking about, talk about being able to maybe put kids through college easier. If you're not making a mortgage payment, well, there's a couple thousand bucks a month that's freed up right there that could go to paying for a kid's college or say, really ratcheting up your savings for retirement. Um, so, But again, that kind of falls into that category of living below your means because you 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 look at you say I want to have this three hundred thousand dollar house we can only afford a payment of such if we want to keep that same payment it means we can only afford a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house again intuitively that makes sense it's hard to execute but the few people in this country that are willing to do that those are the ones that showed up at my door at my last career at my last job with north of a million dollars and wanted wanting to retire be done financially independent in their 50s yeah that is just such an awesome awesome tip i'm going to be real with you identity theft is on the rise and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for we talk about this often on the podcast but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet, and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works you sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and enter code ETM at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash ETM. Go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. 
I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Um, so we have just a few minutes more, and I want to kind of roll into this because I'm, I'm sure at Bloom... You guys get this, ask this a lot, especially for, you know, your younger clients, you know, millennials, they saw what happened in 2008. Mm -hmm. They do, they do not want to Mm -hmm. uh, be a part of any of that again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so inherently they've become ultra conservative. Mm -hmm. And as far as investing, either they're, they're so conservative that they don't want to, you know, do put their money in anything even remotely risky or they're just not entering um, the 401k, IRA, you know, retirement savings game altogether. They're just skipping over that. And so I, I was wondering if, you know, you had any tips, especially, you know, with, with Bloom, I'm sure you get this question asked a lot, you know, how can somebody in their 20s who's maybe, you know, really nervous about what's happening in the stock market, what's going to go forward, how can they feel comfortable, um, you know, starting to invest? Yeah, that's a that's a very very real issue. Um, the, the the I guess the positive side of that is is I do think that that a lot of millennials are 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 better savers in a sense that um, I think they've got decent uh, uh, you know rat hole accounts if you will in the in the bank account, um, and 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 that can be good because you know. People that are still working need to have a little bit of a safety net that's not invested for the future. You know, kind of that, and I'm sure you talk about this too, this, this certain amount of savings that's kind of tucked away safely in the event of a job loss, yep. um, you know, that you can, you can fall back on. So I, I do think that there's, there's, some, there's a silver lining to this cloud, and that, and that is I think millennials want to be decent savers. Um, now, whether or not they're putting that savings into the right area is I think maybe where the point of your question question is but but let's first of all understand why um, and, and you talked about this why they feel that way I mean if somebody is 30 years old that means they were born in let's say 1986 so the the first really you know the dot-com crash of 2000 2001 2002 you know so that that person was 15 you know maybe 16 years at the time old enough to probably 
comprehend to some degree, or maybe they heard their parents talking about you know the the stock market when it tanked in 2000, 2001. Um, obviously, they remember 9-11, you know, uh, as, as a part of that. And then, yes, and then more recently, you know, fast forward to, to 2008 and, and 2009, and obviously there, that, at that time, that same 30-year-old would have been just probably just coming out of college. And so very, very, you know, plugged in to, you know, hearing from the news what was happening. Um, I, I think that, I don't know that, that there's necessarily... Um, anything um, right off the bat that, that 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 can that will change their mindset. I think some of this is just going to be a healing process, and and, and will take time to before these younger people see that, that that you still can build wealth by investing in the market. We Bloom thinks that we have figured out a way to do that, and it starts and ends with simplicity. Um, I think that when people don't understand something, it's easy to be intimidated by it. And so when you, you know, when Wall Street continues to put out the jargon and the language and the complicated investment terminology, I think that that makes it very easy for younger people just to stay put where they're at and, and leave those balances in the bank account. But the companies that can kind of break through that jargon and speak to people like human beings, um, uh, you know, w- with simple terms, with friendly terms, I think that those will be the companies that will will start to gain market share. Um, the timing is perfect right now. I mean, we 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 are ready for some innovation and some change to the status quo. Um, Bloom happens to be based in Kansas, and I actually think that that's the perfect spot for financial innovation to come out of because I do think a lot of people don't trust Wall Street, um, you know, as they did maybe 30 years ago. And, of course, there's a lot of innovation coming out of Silicon Valley, but but sometimes I think there's an association with just creating something to sell, um, you know, build up a quick company just to sell it for millions of dollars versus, I think, more of the Midwest, at least I'm biased, obviously, I'm from <laughs> here. But that, uh, you know, to me, that, that kind of just reeks of, like, you know, kind of long-term values and, 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 and building enduring companies. I mean, I'm, we're right here outside of Kansas City, and there's some wonderful companies that were built by entrepreneurs year, years and years ago that are still you know, here in Kansas City and flourishing in their household names and brands. Um, and that's, that's what we want to try and build Bloom into, um, is that company that is reaching a brand new generation um, of people and, and reaching a group of people that have really been overlooked by Wall Street and haven't been helped uh, to the same extent as, as as maybe some of the wealthy clients. And, and, and fortunately, technology allows us to do that. Because of technology and innovation, uh, we're able to bring a service to a group of people that really never had access to that service before. And it's, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun and very rewarding. Awesome. Well, as always, um, gosh, the time has just like absolutely flown by. Um, I love all of your tips. I know all of our listeners really do. And um, gosh, Chris, I just thank you so much for joining us and sharing with us, sharing what's going on with Bloom. And uh, can't wait to, to have you back as a guest again. Well, thank you. I apologize. I can be long winded. but So thanks for putting up with me today. <laughs> no problem. No problem. 